Are you ready for the future of work? Fizier's Workplace Trends 2023 report is out now. Download for our top 10 trends to prepare for, including company culture and hybrid work, talent acquisition's new paradigm, increased pay transparency, and more. Visit vizier.com trends to get the report. It's the Human Truth Podcast, where each episode we examine a workforce statistic ripped from the headlines and ask, where did it come from? Is it accurate? And should we care? This week, we're looking at a stat from Deloitte that found that only 3% of managers feel like they have the information they need to make good decisions about their teams. For that, let's get into it with host Ian Cook and special guest Mark Solo, Human Capital Analytics and Insight Solution Practice Leader at Deloitte. Hi, I am Ian Cook, the host of the Human Truth Podcast, where today we are talking about enabling managers and how that's a key workplace trend for 2023. To discuss this topic, I am joined by Mark Solo, a Human Capital Analytics and Insights Solutions Practice Leader at Deloitte. Mark is the person executive leaders turn to for ideas and guidance on how to use technology to run the people side of their business. Um, And he's worked extensively with large multinational clients, uh, helping them address their most critical and complex HR issues. So thank you for joining us today, Mark. You are very welcome. So happy to be here with you today, Ian. And this is a, it's a great, great way to start the year in this conversation, talking about managers, talking about 2023, talking about you know, what's it going to be like working in, in the current economic climate? And one of the, the reasons we, we wanted to invite you on, Mark, is this stat from a piece of Deloitte research. It found that only 3% of managers feel like they have the information they need to make good decisions about their teams. Like, let, let's start with what, what sort of decisions are managers making about their teams? Yeah, and l- l- let me just share a little bit more insight, Ian, and then I'll sure. talk about the, the key decisions. And, you know, it wouldn't be an analytics podcast without some (laughs) statistics. So, you know, dead on in research that we recently performed, uh, 63 or 3% of 6,300 managers that we surveyed said that they don't have the information they need to make sound people decisions. Um, What is, you know, even more interesting in the same research, 72% of the organizations that participated told us that people analytics were a high priority for their organizations. Only 38% of them understand the key data that needs to be captured in order to provide insights. And only 25% of these organizations feel that they're effective at integrating different types of data. I wanted to share those additional insights with our listeners because delivering analytics and insights at scale is not easy and generally requires investments in new human and technology capabilities. You know, so to, to answer the question that you asked right out of the chute, what are the decisions that, that managers are making? Um, it, it really runs the gamut of the, the human capital life cycle, ranging from workforce planning, you know, how many people am I going to need over the course of the year and what skills am I going to need? Yeah. Resource management, how am I going to deploy the people that I have? Line up my best resources against the best opportunities. Um, how do I manage team and individual performance or productivity, um, compensation, um, talent attraction and retention and career progression decisions? You're, you're hitting the high points there, Mark, cause I, and I think that's kind of leads me to some, some of my, uh, my next questions that, um, 
and many managers have all these decisions and they're kind of they they come across sometimes they're planned and staged like your compensation review performance the annual planning cycle sometimes they're just sort of in the moment in terms of you know, either a request for a pay raise a request to go on a learning course or a request for a transition to a you know a different project team or whatever they they happen very much in the moment but a lot of managers from you know Vizier survey found that 91% have had no formal training in being a manager like they went from being really, really good at what they were doing. And people said, well, you're good at what you're doing. Why don't you manage other people to do it without much of a, an input into here's how? You know, it, from your perspective and the work you've done, like how does that affect a manager in terms of you know, their work, their confidence, their process in terms of making those decisions? Yeah. And, you know, Ian, you know, in the best case scenarios, managers are making decisions oftentimes with limited or imperfect data. Yeah. In the worst case. They're relying on gut instinct and judgment to make decisions. You know, hopefully, yeah. oftentimes, you know, those decisions are good decisions and the right decisions. Um, but a bad decision can be really, really costly for an organization. Yep. You know, and at the pace that we're operating in business today, um, it's just going to be essential to try and arm managers with the tools and the enablers that they need to make the best decisions they can in the moment. I think you hit something really important there, Mark, and that, you know, some stuff that we're seeing around our, our resignation data is the man managers are resigning at higher rates. And, and sometimes people are resigning from the management positions to go back to being an individual contributor. And a lot of that comes down to the extra stress, the um, component uncertainty around like, I, well, I made this decision. I, I use my best instincts. I have no idea if it was right or not. Like I'm, I'm, most managers want to do well. So they end up worrying or you know having that challenge of how do I manage my stress levels when I'm not supported by data I'm not supported with training um, there are all those various things it sounds like we're we're in a, a world like a, you know moving to the this next focus like it seems like this is why this is a top priority a really high priority for 2023 because we're going to be in a labor constrained world does for all the conversations around um, economic slowdown the latest information I saw around job openings of 9.9 million job openings in the US, there's not 9.9 million people looking for work. So we've still got this mismatch. And that just puts even more pressure on managers having to hold on to the folks they have, having to try and get the best from the folks they have, having to manage that pressure for, for more pay. So, you know, why would you say looking forward to 2023 as we start the year, why is it so important to, to think about how we enable managers? Well, you know, Ian, it's it's also really interesting, you know, the, the statistics that you just cited aren't spread equally across all industries, all sectors. Yeah. So, you know, you've got managers that don't have enough capacity or people to deliver against, you know, their, their organization's mission. And then you've got other organizations primarily in the, in the tech sector right now and other, other sectors um, where they're shrinking their workforces. Um, yeah. And again, kind of different decisions, you know, businesses that are operating at really high velocity. Um, and, you know, you've got to do your best to try and enable managers um, to perform at their highest levels in order to keep the organization moving forward. Um, and, you know, if we've learned nothing from last year and the year before that, <laughs> um, you know, we're living in an age of constant disruption. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the economic headwinds um, are, you know, another new disruptor that, you know, we're going to have to manage through. 
and you know anything that we can do to help managers manage their people in the workforce better fantastic you know the other thing i'll say you know looking forward to the remainder of 2023 um hr has lagged all other business functions in the way that they leverage analytics and insights and data and i don't think that that's going to be accepted anymore um it's really hard for a manager who has sales information or operational information, supply chain data at their fingertips um, to manage a workforce without the same level of insight. I I suspect you're having similar conversations to myself, Mark, where um, we're connecting in with people on next groups where they just, they literally can't keep up with demand. And the demand is coming from, not from the CEO or the board, they've always had concierge service when it comes to insight. It is from that front line where, where it's like, I'm having to make uh, very timely, very critical decisions to manage through the disruption. I would love to have, as you say, something like what sales provides me, something like what marketing provides me, some maybe some insights that I have around my customers to do with the people who are doing work for me. So it, we're definitely seeing that pull from the business, as you say, that it won't be acceptable because. Um, there's one other theme I'd like to, to double down on. There's just there's this notion of hybrid. Man, I'm of the view that hybrid in some shape or form is going to be an ongoing part of our, our working worlds spread differently across different businesses for different reasons. Uh, again, a, an interesting study from Microsoft that I saw towards the end of last year was 87% of workers feel like they're more productive at home, uh, but only 12% of business leaders are kind of confident. There's this um, real imbalance between, again, what people perceive is happening, what people they think is happening. There's this, there's this just imbalance in perceptions around work that is comes to a fore, like comes to real um, a pressure point between the employee and the managers. You know, it, how do you think this is going to play it in terms of that tension between people saying, "Let me work when I work best, so I can do my best work," and organizations saying, "Let me see you work, so that I know you're working, and then I'm comfortable that you're productive." How would you see that playing out through 2023? Yeah, so I, I think in 2023, Ian, I'm going to predict that we get closer to finding the happy medium. And it's really, really interesting topic that, that hits home for me. Um, I just returned last night from a meeting of Deloitte's top 7,000 leaders. Um, and at that meeting, um, we had uh, quite a dialogue around hybrid and our people. Yep. Um, we also had a set of outside speakers come in to address the group. And one of those speakers was a C-suite executive from a very, very large technology partner of Deloitte's and client of Deloitte's. And this executive was talking to us about their return to the office strategy. And she, um, she shared with us that what they have seen um, is a trend that they call learning loss. Um, and, you know, in, in their business, like many other businesses, um, there's a bit of an apprenticeship model. And there's a lot of coaching and mentoring that happens in the moment, whether it's in the office or on site with a customer. And um, they're really feeling, you know, what they call the learning loss. It just so happens that my wife works for that same technology company. And last week, she attended a couple of all-hands meetings. She had a one-on-one with her manager. Um, and, and, and somehow, 
you know, the communication, you know, when it gets down to the line manager level, um, loses something um, in translation from the C-suite. So the conversation that my wife had with her manager was, um, we need to get back into the office two days a week. Um, and, you know, there wasn't the context that was wrapped around it. There wasn't the messaging around why it's important, why you'll benefit and the company will benefit. And the reason I'm sharing all of this is, you know, I think organizations um, not only need to use data and analytics to make the right decisions or inform the right decisions, yeah. but they also need to put together the right communications around why they're making changes in order to get people to understand those and yeah. feel like they're engaged. No, and I think you, you kind of hit the perfect balance there, Mark, where we are learning our ways into a hybrid world. Hybrid is not a policy about a number of days in the office. It's a, it's an operating system. It's a mechanism by which the business gets its business done. I mean, we, we have a similar experience within Vizier. We're, we're doing an intentional connection. For us, it's about connectedness and innovation. So we have pulses where we're together. We have pulses where we build learning, share knowledge, build collaboration, build connection. And then there's phases where work gets done. Um, and you know that for us has come from looking at the data. You know, a, comb a combination of productivity for actually making product, but the other combination of like, well, how innovative are we? Who, where are we getting the new ideas from? Like, how many of those actually go into um, play? And, and we're able to understand what what's moving forward, not what's moving forward. So that that notion of using the data to build an intentional operating system, which has work flexibility at its core, because I, I, I again, having experienced a level of flexibility, I think people want to hold on to it. But it, it all hangs around having data because I, I feel, again, I love your optimism. <laughs> I hope it's true that we we use this insight to actually learn new habits of work as opposed to continuing what I see a little bit in the stats that are often put out. There's like, well, we believe this. Well, we believe this. Well, who's right? Like, actually, we're neither of us right. We need to use the data to find a better way. Um, has, has quite a big change. But as you say, data at the heart of that. Again, just thinking about some of the clients you're working with, what if you were starting to look at the kinds of information or the kinds of places they might start, you know, consuming information about their employees? Where would you um, advise people to to start putting out information? Any either particular initiatives that businesses might have, or particular things where managers would would appreciate the, that data? Yeah. So again, you know, Ian, it it, it differs based on the type of client we're working with, their level of maturity around data and analytics, the industry that they're in. Um, but I'll give you a, a general framework. Um, for organizations that tend to be, you know, at the very beginning point of their journey, um, you know, often the starting point um, is with some kind of really essential, you know, blocking and tackling around composition of the workforce. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I use that term workforce really intentionally because it's not just about employees, it's about employees, it's about contractors, gig workers, kind of everyone who you're bringing into the enterprise to do some type of work. And yeah. kind of what type of worker are they? Where are they? Um, no, what skills do they have? <laughs> I think it's, it's fascinating that you started there, Mark. Uh, Fairly recently, the uh, European Union uh, passed a directive called the CSRD, Corporate Social Responsibility. 
Within that, there is some um, some brand new mandated reporting. So this is going to be anybody who employs more than 250 people in the EU will have to start reporting these measures. And for the first time, to your point, it included contingent workforce. It wasn't, you know, who's a, a full-time permanent employee, but like who's contingent, who's permanent, who's part-time, who's casual, zero-hour contract. So, you know, those reporting standards are coming into play. And as you stay they're, they're starting right with the basics. So... We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk a more. There's, I think there's a lot more to unpack around how we support managers. So let's take a break here and um, we'll be back to explore more how we support managers going forward. Thanks, Mark. What will be the top workplace trends in 2023? We've got some predictions and suggestions for how to prepare in our annual report. Workplace Trends 2023. Brace for a mutual impact. Out now. Read about HR's ascension to the C-suite talent acquisition's new paradigm, increased pay transparency, and more. Visit vizier.com trends to download. So we are back. I am Ian Cook, the host of the Human Truth Podcast from Vizier. Today, I've been joined by Mark Solo, a human resources and people analytics consultant at Deloitte. And we've been talking about getting data in the hands of managers so they can help their business do better. Um, before we before the break, Mark, we were talking about, you know, kind of headcount and that understanding the composition of the workforce as a start place. But there's other measures that, that managers need. You know, what are the, some of the other metrics, data points that you think managers should be served with as they build their capability? Well, you know, again, Ian, if, if you think about the last two and a half years that we've lived through, um, you know, we've gone from COVID to work at home to a focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion um, post the murder of George Floyd to the great resignation and now to hybrid office work. Um, so, you know, depending on where your organization is, um, you know, typically with workforce composition at the foundation, we're seeing an immense focus on diversity and inclusion metrics, collaboration metrics. Yep. Um, also on talent acquisition and also attrition risk analyses. Yeah. Um, so it really, really runs the range. Um, but those are the areas that, that our clients are really focused on and doubling down on because that, that's where their managers need the most help. No, that definitely mirrors our experience and compensation like the pressure on compensation is really quite extraordinary right now as well. And so then, you know, you and I have both worked with companies that have been at this for a while. There's there's something unique that starts to happen as you go from building some core insights that potentially you're serving to the board to then rolling that out all the way to managers. Like, What are some of the pitfalls that people are hitting as they go from serving, let's just say, 50 people to serving, you know, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000? What, what are some of the barriers that people hit? Yeah, Ian, you know, you're, you're really, you know, touching on um, this challenge that we're seeing in most of our, our clients that we're working with around scaling analytics. And what I mean by scaling analytics, it's serving more customers within the enterprise. It's actually supporting more use cases for analytics. It's developing kind of the human pieces of this, like storytelling um, in support of data. It's about building a technology infrastructure. And, and again, you know, the, the typical path that I've seen in a lot of organizations as far as analytics goes is um, you have a problem, 
you actually wrangle the data that will help you gain some insight into the problem. You build the dashboard, you roll the dashboard out maybe to HR first, then to a pilot group of managers and then a broader group of managers. Um, and then everybody's happy. Then the next problem comes along and guess what? You've got to do it again. So you've got to wrangle more data. You've got to visualize that data. You roll it out. Um, and a lot of organizations, you know, do this and they, 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 they meet success pretty early, but that success does not scale. And what ends up happening is it's a very, very labor intensive process. And you get to a point where it actually breaks and you can't scale fast enough. You can't act fast enough. And, and more importantly, um, there's no foresight in that process, right? Yeah. You haven't established an infrastructure that will allow you to look forward and sense what's coming around the corner. <laughs> yeah, which is which in our current environment is super important. I, I think there's something again in there that that I've tracked and, and spent time under trying to understand from people's expectations of data. Like I think, let's just say pre-pandemic, a dashboard. If I have to do some wrangling with a dashboard to get my answer, I'm okay with that. But most of us live with you know phones, watches. Are there technologies that respond to us personally? You know, they know who we are. We know what we do. Like my phone knows where I live, so it knows exactly where to start. So I think expectations of people in terms of technology consumption have changed where waiting a week to get some dashboard back or waiting a week to get some data back, it's no longer meeting expectations. So that, that personalized focused, you know, always available has become the bar. And, and that process you're describing of, you know, find a problem, wrangle data, make a picture, send it just doesn't keep up fine when you're serving two or three stakeholder well say two stakeholder groups or whatever when you get out to five thousand managers there's a there's a real challenge there so the, there's the data component to this but there's also some behavioral change you know everybody knows managers are probably the busiest people inside an organization so giving them a you know another thing to do is not always a recipe for success so again in terms of your, your practice and the, the 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 groups that you work with how do you go about you know, rolling this out? How do you go about engaging managers and using this data? Yeah, you know, Ian, we, we, we take a pretty straightforward approach. I don't know, you know how novel or innovative it is, but it is incredibly effective. Um, and, and, and what we do is we, we typically like to start by understanding the different roles and the decisions that people are making, right? Who are the personas that you need to serve? What are unique about those personas? What are the key people decisions that they make and business decisions that they make in um, kind of a a day to day um, you know in the day to day routine? Yeah, you you could. I'm, I'm nodding away here on the on the yeah, dark side of the podcast where people can't see me because uh, you you sound very similar to this notion of um, actually starting to build product. Uh, Dave Ulrich has has talked about this a, a lot that you know. HR needs to focus less on what do I want to tell the business and a little bit more on what does the business want to hear from me. And that means you start to break into personas. Like what is a manager's pain point? When does it show up? How often does it show up? Like how would they like the data? You take what I think of as a product management approach. It's also a consulting approach to, to really understanding that and building um, capabilities yeah. towards that. Yeah, we like to refer to it as human-centric design. Perfect. Yeah, that's a perfect description. Um, so we're running towards the end of our time here. And again, looking forward into 2023, there's there's some really, really key pieces of 
putting hands in the sorry putting data in the hands of managers if you were to give a, a company a piece of advice about how they go beyond that you know single dashboard that everybody looks at but kind of ignores to really focused insight that would change a manager's decision process what, what pe one piece of advice would you give well i'm going to give two pieces of advice because I think it's Great. really, really important. So the first piece of advice is um, a lot of organizations don't have their data um, in a pristine state. Yep. They may not have all the technology that they want at their disposal. And it's really easy to say, you know, I don't have the data, I don't have the tech, or maybe I don't have the people. Um, and um, just be satisfied with the status quo um, I don't think your business is going to be satisfied with the status quo. And, you know, my advice would be get started um, the process of developing and delivering analytics and insights is agile and iterative. It yes. doesn't have to be perfect. Yes. And you'll learn as you go and you'll iterate, you'll succeed. You might fail forward, but you'll fail fast. Um, and um, you'll, you'll start going down that road. And your organization will be much better off because of that, that endeavor. Uh, additionally, um, with good data and good insights also comes a lot of responsibility. And, you know, hand in glove with the technical aspects, um, you have to address some of the human aspects. Um, so you've got to add context to the numbers. You've got to build the, the storytelling skills within some of your team or all of your team. And you also have to start building trust and talk transparently about how you're using data within your organization. I think those, I, I love those pieces of advice, Mark, because again, I think some pieces get lost. It's like, well, I've got to wait till my data is perfect before I start. It's like, no, your data won't become perfect without starting, I think is, is what I'm saying. It's a, a really key piece. And then the other piece that gets lost, like, oh, this is an IT project. We just have to have a chart. And if we have a chart, we're done. Like again, hearing the, the, the critical component, it's, it's beyond the chart. It's like, what does it mean for our business? What does it mean for our strategies? What does it mean for the decisions we're trying to make? So never losing sight of that really human part, which is core to HR practice about um, actually putting the human piece in there. So thanks for the advice, Mark. It's, it's um, I think that's super helpful. Uh, hopefully people going into 2023 can put this on their uh, to-do list for the year. So. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Human True Podcast. And we've been talking about how companies have a need to uh, better support their managers in 2023 and getting some good advice on how they can actually go about doing that. So thanks to Mark for joining us. Uh, thank you to the audience for joining us today. And we'll be back to discuss um, more fascinating workforce statistics. Stay tuned for the Human Truth Podcast. Thanks for joining this episode on the Human Truth Podcast presented by Vizier. More links and information presented on today's show are at vizier.com slash podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. The Human Truth Podcast is brought to you by Vizier, the global leader in people analytics, whose mission is to reveal the human truth that helps businesses and employees win together. Today's episode was produced by Grace Shepard, with technical production by Gabriel Cava, Sarah Gonzalez is our head of content, and Ian Cook is our host. See you next time, and until then, visit us at vizier.com slash podcast.